Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Lineup Podcast. Bit of a quick digest this week. Uh, we'll have a quick look at uh, the rugby championship now that that's concluded, and our, our thoughts on how the four countries fared. And uh, we'll take a quick visit down to uh, Chile ahead of tomorrow's critical World Cup qualifier for Canada against Chile. Um, so, yeah, uh, some some quick quick things to talk about um, with no real test matches this weekend other than uh, Canada uh, taking on uh, Chile down in down in Chile and also the Americans traveling down to Uruguay for that America's one birth. Um, there's not too much going on. There's obviously some uh, exciting United Rugby Championship action going on this weekend. But uh, in terms of tests, um, after the excitement of the rugby championship and last weekend's uh, epic, epic final round, uh, we're t- kind of taking a break on test rugby till uh, the end of the month, and the beginning of the November tours. But anyway, the rugby championship uh, definitely saved the best for the last, uh, you know, that, that round six game between New Zealand and South Africa. You know, in many ways, that's that's what the 100th test match the weekend before that between the two sides should have been. That was, there's no question about it. You know, that was the game of the year so far by a country mile. Uh, infinitely more epic in terms of, of scale than, than the Lions series to South Africa. Um you know, it it just had everything. It had thrills and spills from the from the opening whistle to the final whistle. The lead changed hands just as many times. It was back and forth stuff. The level of intensity from both teams was just off the charts. It 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 was your classic Springboks All Black uh, Test match. Um, I was riveted from start to finish. I could not drag my eyes away from the screen. Um. And the nice thing was this week, uh, this past weekend, I was not screaming at the TV about South Africa's kicking game. So, yeah, there were so many positives in it from both sides. And uh, they just gave us a test match to remember. And I think what it also showed is that all the criticisms of South Africa, while many of them, I feel, are justified, uh, they are still world champions for a very good reason. Uh continue doing some tweaking, some fine tuning. And uh, this is not a, a Springbok team on a downward trajectory. I think we all had some concerns after the, the two match uh, loss to Australia. But uh, what we saw last Saturday, I if I were England, Wales and Scotland, um, yeah, I, I would be feeling distinctly nervous uh, about the visit of South Africa next month. So yeah, um, a lot from a South African point of view to get excited about. New Zealand obviously clinched the championship the weekend before that. Um, So, you know, uh, in a sense, in terms of silverware, um, the the match was a done deal. But, you know, it was all about the rivalry between these two sides and that it's very much alive and kicking and that uh, both sides are... uh, are you know they're still at it that they when it's a test match between those two you're you're not going to want to miss it so yeah uh, great great weekend um unfortunate i think for for argentina who kind of bowed out of the the competition with a whimper but you know again there were some positives there 
but uh, let's have a look at it country by country. So obviously top of the table, uh, New Zealand finishes top of the table, uh, winning five out of their six games. But really interestingly, you know, they kind of swept the floor with Australia and Argentina. And then those last two rounds against South Africa, you know, the round five game in which they beat the Springboks, albeit only by two points. You know, that was a that was a squeaky win. And, uh, you know, last weekend it was very evenly matched. But, you know, South Africa decided this time to back themselves and uh, they got the better of New Zealand. Only just, but they did do it. I think overall, though, New Zealand can feel pretty happy with this rugby championship. Uh, they were very convincing against Australia and Argentina. They were forced to experiment quite a bit with their side, uh, missing some key players like Sam Whitelock and Aaron Smith and, and Richie Moanga until the very end. Um, so, you know, they had to chop and change their squad. And I think overall they can feel pretty pleased with uh, what they found out. I think, you know, really the only concern New Zealand has is, is what, uh, how they got exposed, uh, in the, in the fifth, fifth round in the, in the first test against South Africa, how they're not overly comfortably under high balls and you got two teams, uh, that they're going to be up against in uh, November, France and Ireland, but France particularly who, uh, have got probably one of the best kicking games in test international test rugby right now so that level of discomfort uh with aerial assaults um you know france particularly and and to to a degree ireland uh will will be looking to target that so it'll be interesting over the next couple of weeks to see how uh in their training and their preparation for the november tour uh new zealand deals with that but you know overall it it was hard to fault them you know, all the usual stars were there, you know, Bowden Barrett, Damian McKenzie, um, you know, a solid front row, uh, Brody Ritalik, um, you know, all of all of that was there. Artie Sevilla playing out of his skin. Um, yeah, I, I thought without uh, Aaron Smith, they kind of struggled a bit at scrum half. But uh, I think particularly TJ Perinari did not have a good championship. I did think Brad Weber in the the test last weekend, I I think he's the way forward. Uh, I think hopefully, you know, I think it's long overdue, but hopefully you're going to see a lot more of him in a black jersey, uh, especially in those two tests against France and Ireland next month. So, yeah, but, uh, you know, and in the backs, you know, Rico Rico Ioanni, a really good tournament for him. Will Jordan looked impressive. Anton Leonard Brown, uh, quality stuff. David Havili, I think the jury's still out on him in the center channels. Um, and Jordy Barrett, again, consistency, but he proved his value when New Zealand needed him uh, in terms of the fullback, fullback position. So, yeah, you know, I think New Zealand are still very much under Ian Foster, a work in progress. Uh, you know, this is not the the... I wouldn't say that New Zealand are vulnerable, but there's certainly a side that can be beaten. And uh, I think France will definitely fancy their chances and, and Ireland, question mark. Um, but, you know, if they can get the right squad together playing playing well, then they'll probably fancy their chances as well. 
but yeah, overall, I think New Zealand had a really good tournament. There was lots of development there. Um, there is a ton of skill. They have a, a depth of talent that is is unequaled anywhere, I think, um, with a possible exception maybe of France. So yeah, uh, it's 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 going to be an interesting November for New Zealand. Um, but I certainly think that uh, in this championship, although they they hit a few curves in the road. Uh, the development work that was put in was was sound and will pay huge dividends come come the World Cup in two years' time. Next up was Australia, surprise runner up. Um, you know that that <clears throat> the Bledisloe series, uh, three games against Australia, uh, which also counted as the first two rounds of the Rugby Championship as well. Uh, Australia didn't look good. There, there was no getting away from it. There were flashes of brilliance, but that kind of form that they showed against uh, France in the series against France earlier this summer, uh, it just wasn't there. Um, but yeah, then they they take on the world champion South Africa, and uh, you know the first uh, the first test is a, is a narrow win, but the second one was exceptionally convincing. Um, that was arguably Australia's best performance this year. And then two solid wins against Argentina. Now, admittedly, Argentina are kind of, you know, they're faltering at the moment, um, but they were still two good wins. So, you know, four wins in a row, uh, not something you're used to equating with with Wallaby sides uh, in recent times. So they're, again, definitely on an upward trajectory. And I think, you know, if they keep going the way they are, uh, they are going to be much more, um, competitive um, against the All Blacks next year. So yeah, they've got a they've got uh, a fairly challenging European tour coming up. Uh, they stop off in Japan on the way to Europe, um, and that should be an interesting game. You know, Japan showed real development in the last year, and then yeah, you know they got to play England um, and uh, Scotland and Wales. So yeah. Um, Australia will will definitely be a team to watch this November, um, and I think they've shown some real development. So exciting, exciting stuff going on there. I think in terms of their team, um, I think yeah, they they had some great uh, great performances from the front row. Uh, I thought there's no question, you know, James Slipper. I think uh, in in the proposition had one of his best tournaments. But uh, there's no getting away from the fact that Taniela Tupo, uh, he just stole the show. Uh, is there anything really that that guy cannot do? Um, he's way more than just a prop. So an incredible tournament from him. Um, I think they looked what they look where they looked really good. Uh, this championship was in the second row. I think you know Darcy Swain is is definitely a talent for the future. And then uh, Matt Phillip and Isaac Rada, that made a really solid pairing. Uh, it was great to see uh, Rada back in a, in a Wallaby jersey. Uh, you know, the back row looked absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, I think, you know, Michael Hooper as the most uh, capped Wallaby skipper now, uh, he just leads by example every single match. And he's, he's just a fantastic player for Australia. Um, he's going to go down as one of the greats. There's... And leads by example, great captain. Uh, I think his decision-making, which got kind of called into question a couple of times over the past year, 
uh, was really solid during the championship. And yeah, you know, putting aside those two poor performances, three poor performances against New Zealand, he really finished uh, the rugby championship uh, very, very strongly. I thought Rob Valentini was an absolute find for Australia this tournament. Uh, and he just got better and better and better. Um, and then, yeah, you know, you had some, I think, you know, they, they, they tinkered a little bit with their back row. Um, and, you know, Rob Leota uh, in there at, at times, um, Pete Samu, but it's all quality. They're, they're, they're building a pretty solid back row. Uh, obviously, the halfbacks saw the much-talked-about return of Quade Cooper, um, and yeah, he really surprised me. Uh, he He's come back as a real quality player. A lot of that sort of questionable decision-making, kind of showmanship, uh, rather self-involved nature of his, that's all gone. What you've got is a very mature, composed player who delivers the goods for Australia. So very exciting to see there. Uh, James O'Connor is also back in the fold. Um, yeah, and in the scrum half, well, Nick White had a blinder of a championship, and you got Tate McDermott who did the same. I mean, those two are completely interchangeable. Um, so yeah, really exciting. And of course, you know, uh, in McDermott's case, he's the future. So uh, the long-term future. But certainly, you know, the interplay between. Uh, him and Nick White in the build-up to the next World Cup is going to be a fantastic uh, strength for Australia. And then, uh, you know, the, the centers, we saw um, Iketau, uh what a tournament he had. Uh, he's been, a, you know, Len Iketau, he's been a real revelation for the Wallabies. Again, another bright star for the future. Samu Karevi came back and, and absolutely, you know, blew us off the park. Um, so that's really, their stocks are really strong there. Uh, and, uh, oh, and also talking of players coming back into the Wallaby fold, uh, for the back row, Sean McMahon for, uh, the Wallaby back row. He, you know, great to see him back. He's such a valuable player for the Wallabies. And yeah, out wide Australia really looked good with Marika Korobetti and surprise of the tournament for, for, for everyone. Uh, Andrew Kellaway, where the, where the hell did he come from? Uh, out on the wing, you know, scored more tries than anybody else in the, in the tournament, uh, got better defensively with each game. What a winning prospect. Um, so yeah, between Corabetti and Kellaway out wide Australia, look, you know, that those dangerous old Australian sides that which, you know, played some great running rugby out wide, uh, that's back with a vengeance. So that's exciting to see. I think the only real question that, that Australia has is the fullback position. Um, you know, Reese Hodge has his value, but sometimes can be a bit hit and miss. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think Banks is, is good. Um, but again, Tom Banks, yeah, consistency issues there. But yeah, so much to look forward to for, for Australia, um, in terms of, uh, going forward. So I think, yeah, in short, a great tournament from them. They can feel very happy with uh, the way they recovered themselves against South Africa and, and continued to build on it for the remainder of the championship. So yeah, a tough first first three goes against New Zealand, but uh, finished very well. And then you've got that, that French series in the bag this summer as well. So it's a 
been a good uh, good couple of months for Australia. Third place finish, uh, South Africa. Uh, lots of talk about them going into the tournament as world champions. Um, you know, uh, obviously coming off the the back of a, a Lions series win and two convincing wins against Argentina for their first two rounds of of the rugby championship. But, you know, there was a lot of criticism of how they were playing. There was a lot of criticism of their game plan and their uh, enthusiasm to play without the ball um, and, you know, their kicking game. And they got away with it against the Lions and Argentina. uh, But as we saw very dramatically against Australia, they did not. And... I think we all had concerns about the fact they weren't blooding as much new talent uh, as as I think a lot of people felt they should have done. Hopefully, we're going to see that in uh, the Tour de Europe come November. Um, but yeah, there was there was criticisms of their game plan, a little bit of arrogance about uh, how they played the game in the sense that, as far as they were concerned, they didn't need to change anything. Well, Australia showed them that they did. Um, and, you know, I think they still had that in the first test against New Zealand. Um, you know, in many ways they should have won that had Pollard's kicking boots, goal kicking boots been a lot, uh, if he brought his, uh, his first choice set, which he obviously didn't uh, for that match, but, you know, they, they needed to back themselves. What, what came out of that first test and also the two tests against Australia, they needed to back their physical prowess, you know, that, that forward pack gets them a lot of momentum. Um, and they needed to have the confidence to, to turn that momentum into points with ball in hand. And I think what was really refreshing was in the, in the second test against New Zealand, that's precisely what they did. Um, and if they keep playing like that, well, yeah. Um, yeah. Scotland, England, and Wales, they're, they're going to be in for a tough time this November. So, yeah, I thought, you know, they, they started well, uh, hit some some pretty big bumps in, in the middle of the, the championship against Australia, sorted themselves out and finished strongly. So, yeah, they won't be happy overall with their third third place finish, but they will be very happy about how they tweaked their game against New Zealand. And that is the way forward. That's, that's the way they need to keep playing now. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think squad-wise, the the front row, Nyakani, uh, and and Melherba as as your usual starting props. Uh, great tournament from them. Bongi and Banambi at hooker, I thought was absolutely fantastic. And then you know your bomb squad replacement of Malcolm Marks, Vincent Cock, and Stephen Kitsoff. They again stellar tournament, and they really made their impact count, particularly in that second test against the All Blacks. Uh, the second row, I, I thought, um, you know, Eben Etzebeth was a little bit missing in action uh, quite a bit this championship. But boy, did he ever turn up last weekend. And uh, if he keeps playing like that, allied with Lou Diager, who was probably your best lock of the tournament. Yeah, uh, big trouble for the Northern Hemisphere sides uh, next month. But yeah, Lou Diager, I thought, fantastic tournament. I thought in the back row, I think once they figured out how to use Quagga Smith uh, as that sort of classical roving wing forward type player, uh, he excelled. 
Um, and I thought he had a great, uh, great final game against New Zealand in, in round six. You know, once South Africa figured out how to use him, Sia Khaleesi as captain led from the front. Um, I think those two performances against New Zealand were probably two of the best of what is rapidly becoming a very illustrious career uh, as, as captain and player. Uh, it was great to see Dwayne Vermeulen back. Um, you know, I think uh, still not convinced how much puff is left in the tank, but, uh, you know, he certainly played out of his skin against New Zealand. There's no question about that. And Jasper Visa, you know, uh, get that discipline under control. There's a quality player in the making. I think the halfbacks, though, there is cause for concern. Um, I think South Africa need to do a little bit more experimentation there. Um, so, yeah, uh, Faf de Klerk, I don't think, had the best tournament, um, and neither did, did Pollard. I think Pollard kind of had his best game last weekend, but like de Klerk, there just wasn't enough consistency there. And, you know, going into the World Cup, South Africa can't just rely on those two guys. They need some options. Um, in that respect, I thought Yankees, Elton Yankees, uh, he had the best game I've ever seen him have in a, a Springbok jersey. Um, he finally convinced me that there is the potential to make a test level 10 out of him. Um, Herschel Yankees at that scrum half, you know, we know what he can do. We, we've, we've seen in the past, uh, especially against the All Blacks, what he can produce. But uh I think still a work in progress and there's other options in South Africa as well there uh, for, for both positions. So that needs to be looked at in the coming months. Um, out on the wings, uh, you know, Makazole Mapimpe, every time he got the ball, he was great. He just didn't get enough ball this, this, this tournament. Um, I thought Sibu Nkosi uh, really came along huge strides. I mean, that try saving tackle he made uh, last weekend, showed that defensively he can he can also uh, produce the goods as well but on attack yeah again when he gets the ball but he just didn't get enough ball this tournament in the centers i thought lucanu am particularly i mean that offload um that set up uh dandy's uh try last weekend just impressive and he's just such a quality player uh again when he's allowed to play so, uh, again, South Africa need to, to do a bit more work to, to get him more involved. Because when he is, wow, can he ever turn on some magic? Uh, Deende, I thought, had a good tournament overall. You know, he's, he's got a little bit more imaginative in the way he, the way he runs and carries the ball, making uh, it a little bit harder for defenses to read him. And he's got the, the physical ability to do it as well. My biggest concern for the box is, is the fullback position. Uh, I thought Willie LaRue overall had a pretty poor tournament um, and South Africa need to fix that. That's, that's a huge chink in their armor. All I can say on, on that front is, is get uh, Afalele Fasi involved in November. Uh, it's time uh, because that's one area where South Africa are weak and it's going to cost them dearly um, come, uh, come November. So, yeah. Um, but uh a useful, a useful lesson, I think, uh, was learned by South Africa this tournament, and hopefully they can build on it. Alas, the Argentina, you know, I, I, they won't be happy walking away with no points on the board and only the wooden wooden spoon to clutch. Overall, I, I thought there were some great individual performances, but as a team, they didn't click. 
uh, it wasn't for the want of passion. You know, the passion in the jersey was, as it always is, was always there. But uh, I just think as a, as a unit, they didn't really click. Um, so, yeah. But in the process, I think what they did do is they blooded a lot of really promising new talent. You know, Argentina have got to develop some new blood. And I think in that sense, they can look back on the rugby championship as, as a job well done. It's just unfortunate that, you know, they walked away with no wins and no points to show for it. But at an individual level, yeah, I, I thought there were some some massive performances, um, especially in that that last uh, test against um, against Australia. Um, you know, Thomas Gallo, what a debut! He comes on off the bench, scores two tries, and his and his test debut. Uh, I can't wait to see him in action in the United Rugby Championship with Benetton. That, that's going to be thrilling. But yeah, what a what a debut! Um, Julian Montoya as captain, I thought he was actually the best hooker of the entire tournament. Um, when you want consistency, that's your guy. He was phenomenal this tournament. You know, it's just unfortunate he was with with a losing losing cause, but a really really solid tournament from him. Uh, very very impressive, um, and a great leader. You know, um, yeah, I just I cannot say enough good things about uh, Montoya. I thought that second row, that Argentine second row, uh, Guido Petty, Thomas Lavanini, and Mat- Matthias Alamano, that's quality through and through. Lavanini seems to have sorted out his discipline issues for the most part. Um, and when he does lose it, they're, they're minor discretions. They're not the kind of thuggish behavior that he used to get associated with. But, you know, in terms of line-out steals, they had huge statistics in this tournament, uh, the three of them. They were a real menace, and uh, they're going to cause France and Ireland some problems next month. There's no question about that. Back row, definitely a work in progress. Um, I'm very impressed with uh, Juan Martin Gonzalez as a newcomer. Uh, Rodrigo Bruni, I think the potential is there. He just... I, he, I, he, he just needs more exposure, I guess. Um, but I thought Marcos Kramer, apart from some disciplinary lapses, I thought he had a monster of a tournament. He is such a quality player. Uh, you don't get much more physical uh, and effective with that physicality than uh, than Kramer. I mean, what a unit. Um, so, yeah. So definitely that, that back row needs some work, um, but it's not that it's short of talent. It, it just needs, they just need to click it, especially with the, the newer, the newer blood like um, uh, Gonzalez and uh, Rodrigo Bruni. I, I didn't think Pablo Matera had a particularly good tournament. Um, and then he capped it off by blowing the, pro- the COVID protocols. So, Yeah. But the real revelation, I think, was in the halfbacks and Santiago Carreras. He made that switch from fullback to halfback. They've needed a quality understudy for Nicolas Sanchez. They've got it in Carreras. Um, I was hugely impressed with him this tournament. Um, That's something I think Argentina can get very excited about, and I really hope uh, they make full use of him uh, next month against France and Ireland. Scrum half, though, I think they do have some issues. I, uh, Bertrand, who didn't really impress me, um, wh- who did impress me, though, was um, Gonzalo Garcia. I think that's a real find, and I I, I think he deserves a starting berth next month. Um, I was He brings a lot of energy. 
to to the scrum half position for Argentina. So so definitely something to look out for there. Um, great to see Emiliano Buffelli uh, back in the fold out on the wing. Uh, he can also play fullback, and he scored the best try Argentina uh, Argentina scored in the entire championship uh, last weekend against Australia. So great to see him back, and plus he brings that boot, which is is so useful. Um, but yeah, I think there's some work to to be done in in developing a back line for Argentina. Um, you know, Moroni, I didn't see too much of him last weekend out on the wing, and and Juan Cruz Malia, Malia. I think there's potential there. We just didn't see a lot of it. In the centers, though, I really like that pairing of, of Santiago Trocobaris and Lucio Sinti. I think there's some real potential there, and I think we're going to see some excitement uh, there next month against France and Ireland. So that's, uh, you know, there I think they've built the core of a future center pairing that's going to be very, very effective for Argentina. So, yeah, um, a tough tournament for them. Um but I think in terms of getting a look at how we take this team forward and develop it uh, in the two-year run-up to the World Cup, I think it was a, it was a good exercise. So yeah, I'm going to wrap that up for the, for now uh, for the Rugby Championship. We run out of time to look at Canada and Chile, so we'll uh, wrap it up there. We'll do a, a quick follow-up one, uh, just looking at uh, Canada and Chile tomorrow. But yeah, great championship. Uh, fantastic final weekend with a fantastic final test match. Hope you enjoyed it as much as, as I did and uh, uh, the mates I was watching it with and uh, onwards and upwards to November. So take care, stay safe, everyone. And we'll be back in a few minutes with Canada, Chile. <laughs>